Discover personally how the Word of God can effect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Alistair. Pastor Alistair is the founder of Jesus Christ Ministry International Church with multiple branches in South Africa. He's an evangelist with an outreach ministry called Jesus Savior of the World, bringing healing and deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Jesus Christ Ministry International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel to receive messages every week. Now let's listen to Pastor Alistair. guys even if you can open the doors it's you know all those doors open so just to bring some coolness it's like the fan is blowing hot 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 here but amen turn with me to the book of hebrews chapter number 12 hebrews chapter number 12 amen want to welcome everybody it's so nice to see sanade amen and brother paul we thank the lord for you amen god bless you so much uh, may the Lord bless you. It's been now many, 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 many long, that long, amen. So we won't say how long, but many, 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 many long, amen. So we, we, we know that God is faithful, amen. Uh, the scripture says that he'll never leave us, nor will he forsake us, amen. So we serve a God that is faithful to his word, he's faithful to his promises, you see why I wanted that mic on? Oh, you're still struggling? All right, cool. Because sometimes it just does its own thing when it wants to. And what happens, it interferes with the live recording. So when you listen to the live recording, you, you're hearing something else in your, in your head. Are you in Hebrews chapter 12? Did I give you the verse? You're lying. Amen. Hebrews 12 verses 15, amen. Hebrews 12 verses 15. We are still on the topic of uh, backsliding. How many of us are enjoying this series of backsliding, amen? You will never be a backslider again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. They, they, they're almost there. They're almost there. Hallelujah. Oh, you should have taken that one. There's longer. Yeah. Just, just try and do your magic, amen. Um. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 15. Are you there? Amen. Quentin, God bless you so much. Ali, how are you, my brother? Good, good. Nice to see you. Amen. Uh, Quentin, so nice to see you. Always good to see you. Amen. I see Jocelyn and Fabian. God bless you guys. Amen. Hallelujah. Daylene, is that you? <laughs> God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand for Daylene. Amen. Wow. And, and your ears even looking in some way. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, we have Lushane at the back as well. I know that's not Shanice, but I can't see clearly. Amen. It's not Shanice, right? Okay, cool. Lushane. She has speeches almost like uh, from four, from four. She has speeches almost like Shanice. You can see this battery died on me. How far are you, Leroy? is on now. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'm ready. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that we can study your word and get into the scriptures. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your word will become revelation for us. We pray in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, you said that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. So we thank you, God, that your word will find a resting place within our hearts this evening. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about uh, backsliding today, right? So once again, by the show of hands, how many of us have ever backslidden in our lives? Amen. Amen. Just put some uh, gain on this mic as well so I don't struggle. 
Hallelujah. So, how us have backslidden? Let me see your hands. Amen. Amen. Almost 100% of us have backslidden. Amen. Who's never backslidden before? Huh? Nobody. Nobody has never backslidden. I see a small child at the back saying, is that Ryland? Ryland saying he's never backslidden. God bless you, son. You will never backslide in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. So, in, at some stage of our lives, most of us have backslidden and we've experienced something that I call a falling away. But aren't you glad that God said in his word that I am married to a backslider? Right? He said he's married to a backslider. So it doesn't matter how far you have fallen and how far you are gone. There's always room at the cross for you. There's always room for you to come back to Christ. There's, the Bible says that, um, that God's arm is not too heavy. Sorry, his ear is not too heavy that he cannot hear you. And his arm is not too short that he cannot stretch out and save you. Hallelujah. So you might look at your situation like you are far gone. But when God looks at the situation, he says, that's the right situation for me to perform a miracle and for me to restore you back to myself. Amen. Because I think that God is always in the business of restoring while the church and i'll say the church while the church and while people will kind of like cast us out and quite kind of like what what you call it write us off but there's a god in heaven that will never write you off amen hallelujah i just pray that you don't die in your sin but there's a god in heaven zaida hey how are you doing only now I'm seeing you, and I said there's a God in heaven. I saw you, amen. God bless you so much, amen. Hallelujah. There's a God in heaven that will never write you off. Amen. He's always there. So it's your responsibility and your duty that when you are fallen, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times. But every time he falls, he gets what? He gets up again, amen. So it's your responsibility to get up every time you fall because God has not written you off, amen. Your, your, the neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, you might write me off. But God has not written me off, amen. I, I'm st I, I can still make it. There's still hope for me. There's still another round, amen. There's still another round. I may feel like I can't get into that ring again, but I'm getting in that ring, baby, and I'm going to fight another day. Hallelujah. Are you ready to fight another day? Amen. So you must understand something that we said that when we were discussing about backsliding, backsliding is not just something that happens once off. Backsliding is a process. And if I can ask anyone here, to come and share when they backslid. Come, Pastor Ramon, come, come, give us, uh, there's that purple mic over there. Please can, just take that purple mic for us, amen. I don't know if you know, Pastor Ramon, that backsliding doesn't just start when you, when you go and drink or you go club or you fornicate and stuff. Backsliding is a process. It's on, right? Backsliding is a process. Can you recall you're now saved, you're now born again, of like if you remember the events leading up to you actually falling away? Yes, definitely. From what I know when in church, mm. saved, born again, usher, and all these things, and one of the things it was that Bible says that do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Mm. And when we when you start forsaking the gathering, another spirit is gonna influence you. Mm. Definitely not the Holy Spirit. Because yes. we're not influenced by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When you want the saints to influence. So when you forsake that, the enemy is gonna influence you. Yes. And that's how backsliding starts. So the enemy was in control. The enemy was 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 influencing me and my okay. wife now to be. Okay. So when we were still ashes and everything and but just takes one moment. Can you see now he's saying that hey. he was an usher. He was serving in the Lord. He was serving in the house of God. And then something happened. But 
it happened so gradually that he, they started to forsake the gathering of the saints. And it's when they started to forsake the gathering of the saints, like he said, another spirit came and entered. So when you are, when you, that's why I say that there's no way me personally, not you, you, you very anointed and spiritual. So you, you sometimes can miss church and stuff. But me personally, I can never ever miss church for a social event or for a social gathering and stuff. Because I understand the importance of being in his presence and sitting at his feet because you might see it as just church, right? But I see it as a moment of where he can come and speak to me and change my life within that hour. But you just see it as I'm coming to church, right? So the reason why you would forsake the gathering is because you would think that there's so much of church. If I can miss this one, I'll be able to recover another one. But it's the one that you miss that Satan saw the opportunity for sin to come and present itself to you. So he missed a service. And when he missed the service, it was that mo service that he missed was when sin entered into, your, into his life. So you must understand, when you think I tell you, don't forsake the gathering. As often as you can, come to church. He forsook the gathering. The crusade mm. in Isaac. It was a crusade. There was a crusade we were supposed to. Yes, yes. And you were, he was fornicating. While there was a crusade, hey! you understand? He came back from fornication, she went to the crusade. From the crusade, so I went to work. He there. went to work. So she, she went to the crusade. You understand what I'm trying to say? It's oh, Charlie. So you might not understand it, but those are the symptoms, those are the things, those are the warning signs. When you feel no desire, when you feel no passion to want to be in his presence, not just amongst the saints, but be in his presence to hear his word for that he can speak to you. What happens? Satan uses it as an opportunity. The Bible says, don't give the enemy room. Oh yes. Oh yes. Don't give him room. Why? Because he can take advantage over you. Don't be ignorant of his devices lest he gains advantage over you. So coming into the house of God is extremely important. Like I say to you every time, when somebody is not in church, it's a possibility that they are doing something that they're not supposed to do. Oh, yes. It's either they're watching series. Is it better to watch a series than to hear the word of God? Oh, yes. You might know everything about power and all these series and stuff. But the, I was watching a series. I forgot what it's called. Out, outbreak. It's too long. It's too long. It's too long to keep up. So I prefer to sit in his presence to hear because that thing can, the, his presence, sorry, can change my life. Better than a series. Oh, yes. Some of you prefer to be in the presence of your boyfriend. Oh, yes. To be in the presence of your boyfriend or to be in the presence of your girlfriend. And you think that you will be benefiting somehow. But it's better to be in his presence with your boyfriend and with your girlfriend, amen. And your boat can receive some spiritual enlightening. Hallelujah, amen. If you with your boyfriend say, we're always going to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you so much, Pastor Ramon, hallelujah. Amen. You, you understand what I'm saying? So you can see that to what Pastor Ramon was saying is that it never just happened gradually. It was a process that came, and as it came, it developed itself, and it started to grow, and that's when sin started to enter. Sin doesn't just enter. Most of us, uh, Leroy, I don't know, I'm just going to use you as an example. If a naked woman would stand in front of you right now, oh yes, a naked woman, a naked woman, what would be your response now? And she just says, and she comes to you and she says, Baby, I want you badly. Pardon? You'll say, or you'll say, devil, you're a liar, you'll flee, you'll run away. Yes. How, he says he'll run away. Some of us will also run away. I, that's true. D it depends on where you're at. Depends on which lady. What kind of situation. Oh, 
you only have to be in the situation to determine. Yes. But I mean, it's like somebody doesn't desire, but she's just there. <laughs> so you understand what I'm saying? But I, 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 I'm vouching for you, okay? Hallelujah. I'm vouching for him that in that moment, because he is praying, because he's in the word, because he's spending time with God, somebody that's a stranger, a strange woman, would come, present herself naked to you. It's likely that because it was presented like that, you would refuse it and you would reject it. Why? Because it was presented too openly for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? However, this is how Satan starts to, to wean, reel you in. I'll show you now. Is that if Leroy wants in prayer, if Leroy wants in fellowship, if Leroy is not spending time with God, if Leroy haven't been fasting, he missed church for a while, he hasn't been in the environment, the atmosphere of worship, it will be difficult for him to be sensitive in the spirit to realize that this that is coming to him is actually an attack or a demonic spirit that is sent to him to destroy his life. Or if he has not been doing that, he would, he would not be able to identify it. So what happens because maybe he's even having problems with his wife and he's even, his, his wife just made him mad today. And the day his wife made him mad, somebody came in front of him. And because he hasn't been praying and he hasn't been fasting and he hasn't been reading the word. He went, I get so weak in my knees. I can you understand what I'm saying? He gets weak in his knees. And in that moment, not because it was presented to him like that, but because he had already been backslidden. He was already backslidden. It wasn't only when the sin came to him that, and he fell and he, and he engaged a woman that he backslid. He had already backslidden. Why? Because there was no prayer. There was no word. There was no spending time with God. There was no fellowship. Do you understand? So what happened? The enemy presented the opportunity for you to sin. So backsliding is not when you commit the deed or you commit a sin or you drink or you club or you party. Backsliding is when you don't do what you did when you first got saved. Do you understand that? That's why he says to the church in, Corinth, in Ephesus in Revelations, he says to them, return to your first love. He actually tells him to repent and go back to their first love. It's because that first love must be something that must be developed inside of us, not just certain moments. However, though we are living in a situation or we're living in a world or an environment where circumstances tend to weigh us down. And circumstances causes us, and you must understand something. Whenever you are going through a challenge or you're going through a crisis or something is happening, it's the intention of the enemy to cause you to backslide. Because when you are going through, let's say, a financial storm, you got so many things running in your mind, Samantha, and you are asking yourself, but where is God in the situation? Why isn't God coming to deliver me? So what happens? Your prayer life gets affected by what you are currently going through. I wish I'm talking to some people today. You can't even read the word because the amount of pressure, the amount of stress, the amount of pain that you are under to get to your Bible, it seems like it's extremely difficult. Oh yes, it seems it's extremely difficult to even go to the Lord and say, Father, I come. You can't do that. Why? Because the amount of pressure that you are under and the enemy wants to put pressure on you. The enemy wants you to stress out. The enemy wants you to worry because he knows it's the breeding ground so that you can backslide. Oh yes, uh, I'm going to expose the enemy. Thank you so much, Mr. Zaini. I'm going to expose the enemy. It's the breeding ground for you to backslide. So how many of us ever felt when we're going through stuff, we don't want to come to church? Show me your hand. Oh, yes. So the one day you don't go to church. Then the next day you don't go to church. You're not praying now. You're not reading the word. And you're not going to church. You're not doing what you used to do. 
Why? Because the enemy presented pressure to you. Your pain, your situation has become so overwhelming. So now you can't do those things anymore. And you don't want to go to church. Right? In that moment. So the enemy knows that you're at home. He knows now that you are not spiritual anymore. He knows that you are not seeking God anymore. He knows that you are not coming before the face of God. So your old time bras. Friends that the Lord delivered you from. <laughs> friends that you took yourself out of the world so you can save God from. They start to WhatsApp you. What's happening, bro? What you doing? I was like, can, I, can we come over? Can we talk? Whatever the case may be. And then what happens to you is that you start to like, okay, no problem. But before, you want somebody that entertains secular friends. I don't know if I'm teaching you today. You want somebody that would just hang around with anybody. You were very, you were very uh, selective in the type of people you would hang around. But now all of a sudden, everybody just goes. That's why the scripture says, come out from amongst them and I will receive you. There's a reason why God tells us to come out. He says in Psalm chapter 1, Blessed is a man that does not what, walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of sinners, nor stand in the something of Marcus, Psalm chapter 1. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Are you following what I'm trying to say, right? So what happened in that moment? Satan came, and Satan presented a situation that will cause you to stop doing those things. And when you stop doing those things, Satan then presented with you another situation where sin now was going to become your problem. And how many of us know that when we touch sin, it's difficult not to touch it again. And especially if we are in a bad place, if we're in a place where we're not hearing God, we're in a place now, you must see how this thing worked. You're in a place where you're not hearing God. God is not talking to you. You're in a place now where you are not in fellowship and now sin presents itself to you. So what happens? We find ourselves stuck now and sometimes difficult to come out of the situation. But God. <laughs> Someone say, but God. Amen. God has, God comes through some way. God sends somebody to us. God sends a message to us. God sends a voice note, a WhatsApp message. Somebody comes and tells us something to remind us about the promises of God. Remember we read in Jeremiah chapter 3 verses 23, like a woman never forgets an ornament, but he says, my people have forgotten me. But somebody comes to remind you about the faithfulness and the goodness of God. I remember sometimes feel that God sends people to remind us. Amen. To, when you are far gone, God will send somebody, not to get you saved, but to remind you about where you were. Amen. Hallelujah. And I tell you, God, the Bible says that whenever, if ever you are tempted, don't say God tempt me. For the scripture says that God tempts no man. A man is, is tempted when he is drawn from the evil desires within his heart. However, though, when you are tempted, the scripture says that God makes a way of escape. Oh, yes, there's a way of escape. So imagine this. In your backslidden state, in your state where you are not fellowshipping, in the state where you are not praying, in the state where you are not in the word, in the state, and then sin presents itself to you. In that state, God still makes a way of escape for you. Oh, I don't, I don't know if you know what a way of escape looks like. I don't know if you've ever had a way of escape. Can I share a testimony of a way of escape? I was about years ago, I think, I don't know if I was in school or not. I was about to sleep with this person. I was about to do the deed. But there was a big knock on the door. Oh, yes, that's the way of escape. There was a child that was. Uncle Alistair, why are you closing the door? Knocking on the door at my neighbor. Because it's like the child, it's like the Lord, she didn't know what she was doing. But the Lord, she was very small, she's a small, small child. But the Lord sent her to knock on my door. And why are you closing the door? Why are you closing the door? That was a way of escape. 
so that I don't involve myself in something that I shouldn't. Sometimes your way of escape is that you know you are not supposed to do something. Somebody will send you a message. Something will happen in that time, in that moment, so you can escape. If you are the, I don't think I'm preaching to people that know about ways of escape. Yes, Brother Charles, come and tell me your way of escape. Come, come, come and tell me. Let's give Brother Charles a mic, hallelujah. Come tell us about a way of escape, amen. That way you were supposed to. And they were, sometimes we ignore the ways of escape and we continue. But the Lord brings that way of escape for us so that we can avoid the situation because the end result of it is that we fall. Oh, yes. Tell us about, yes, before you do that, right, my situation was very intense. God would provide way of escape. As I ignored the escape routes, guess what happened? I fell. As you ignore the escape, you ignore that escape, know that escape, what would happen to you? You would fall if you ignored it. Yes. You will fall. So you must understand that if somebody is saying to you, come, let's go here, but somebody sent you a message for church, that message that you were sent for church was your way of escape. All right, please tell us. Yes. Uh, well, I was also very, very young and uh, coming from school on a Friday. Hey. Hey, pastor. Yes. I was with my friends uh, and they knew they used to call me pastor, you know. Hey. So these guys said, hey, we're going to go and get some cold one. Mm. Not any cold one. That was black label, man. Yo, for light is drinking black label. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had this friend of mine that was born again on fire for God. Mm. And my friend came. And I was on my way home to go and fetch some bottles. Mm. And spending and going to buy the... And he heard the bottles. And he called me from there. He said, Chani, mm. where are you going? Yo. That was my way of an escape. Uh -huh. Hey, I'm going quickly here. He said, oh, but I'm coming to visit you. We're going mm. to pray. Yes. Didn't we make an appointment to mm. pray together wow. and get into the word? I said, hey, I'm coming now. Yes. That was a way mm. of an of escape. escape. Wow. So he said, hey, but I'm hearing bottles there. Hey. What you going to do? You're going to go and drink. Mm. I looked at him and I said, yes. Yes. So I chose that way instead of choosing Yes. The way of an escape. Wow. Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Can you see what I'm talking about? Hey, I think that sometimes we have to hold each other accountable. Yes, we have to hold each other accountable. I want you to find anybody in the church that you know is in a relationship. And I want you to hold them accountable seriously. And when you see them, brother, what are you doing with this girl on the road? It's late now. Why are you here? Why are you here? That's their way of escape, my brothers. Yes, yes, yes. When you see them in the wrong company, brother, we are supposed to be going to church. What you doing there? Come on, come, come, come. Let's go. Hold each other, hold each other accountable. I was watching on Facebook the other day. <laughs> this, this guy says he had a friend that they were prayer partners and stuff, brothers in the Lord. He says he held the brother accountable. He knew the brother was in a relationship. So he goes to the house and he knocks on the brother's door. Hey, brother, come, let's go and let's go have something to eat and stuff. The brother normally would open the door and talk to him. But this time the brother answered from the inside of the door and says, hey, I won't make it now. I'm just a bit busy with something. He sensed in his spirit that something was wrong with the situation. And he started to knock on the door. He says, brother, I'm not going to leave until you come with me, until you come out. The guy refused. He says, no, man, go. I'll, I'll see you another time. He kept on knocking. I think it was like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. He said, brother, do you have a lady inside of this house? If you do have a lady inside of this house, I'm encouraging you now, loud, to let her out the house so that me and you can go for coffee. Do not do what you are wanting to do. Do not do what you're deciding to do. My brother, I'm standing and I'm waiting for you. He waited, I tell you. 
And the guy came out with the girl and they went for coffee and he was ministering to them. Man, sometimes we need people like that, amen. We need people that will hold us accountable. I actually, I actually, I tell you something. We must do that, amen. When we see our brothers, maybe they're on the corner, they're drinking. Brother, you're drinking. Bring that beer. I love you so much, brother. I know that we, you can't do this, brother. Brother, you can't go down this route, brother. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. This is your way of escape, brother. Ay. When, when you say, yes, yes. <laughs> when you see them smoking a cigarette, take the cigarette out of your mouth. My brother, but why, my brother? You see, this cigarette here will destroy your life. Come, bring it here. <laughs> you think you can do that? <laughs> hey, they can't get mad at you. Hey, they can't get mad at you. <laughs> I seen some of you looking at me with strange eyes. I love you all. I love you all. I love you all. Amen. Say, my brother, you can't. Why? Why? To hold each other accountable. Because it's a possibility that that brother or that sister had backslidden a long time. And now that was the moment that Satan was presenting the opportunity to them. Yes. That's the moment. Amen. Are you in Hebrews chapter 12? Are you enjoying this message? Amen. I never even yet start. Amen. But don't worry. Amen. We'll finish on time. You say again. I got until 10. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Those that say they want some more will keep quiet. Uh, why are you saying Bella? I never say Bella. Bella's not the only one that says she wants some more. Amen. 12.15. Amen. She's tired. Amen. She is working hard today. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? Luke chapter 12 verses 15. Hebrews. Hebrews. Sorry. Look diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Let me just see here. Yeah. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many are defiled. Let me just read a different version. Um, can somebody read the version that's on the screen for me? Okay, yeah. same version like mine. Okay, anybody got a different version? Okay, go for it. Go for it. Okay, cool. Let me read the NIV, right? So the NIV says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Now, you must understand something. If ever you were introduced to the grace message, uh, one, of the, one of the exalted messages of the grace message, or the exaggerated, I would say, is that once you are saved, you are saved forever. You will never, ever fall. Now, this scripture here is showing us something else. This scripture here is saying, see it to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Why would they say that no one falls short of the grace of God? Because there's a possibility that somebody might fall short of the grace of God. Oh, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, it, to, to have the understanding that we will never fall is a deception that the enemy brings into your life. Because the Bible makes us understand a deception is that the enemy tells you a lie, but he presents it as a truth. Yes. But that deception is either to destroy you. Remember Eve in the, in the garden where the Bible says that Satan came, the serpent came, and he says, God said you mustn't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yes, it's true. You mustn't eat of it. But you won't die. You will become like God. You understand? So can you see that kind of deception that he presented to her? He said, yes, it's true. You won't die. But let me say to you that you will become like God. She was deceived. So that's why she went and she ate the fruit. Now the scripture says over here, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Do you remember I spoke to you? If anybody thinks that he is standing, he must be careful 
because he can fall. So it's a possibility that even though you think you are strong and you think that you are prophet so-and-so, apostle so-and-so, uh, you studied Genesis to Revelation, you know systematic theology, you know all uh, the, um, the spiritual jargons and you think you're on fire for God. It's a deception to think that you will never ever fall. Yes. And this is the problem that we have in the church that even pastors, the Bible says, even the elect will be deceived. So if the elect, that those that are called can even fall, what about us that are not even called or not even standing in that place that they are standing, we too can fall as well. So when we talk about backsliding, we are not just talking about church or, or congregation backsliding. We're talking about even pastors backsliding. We're talking about even prophets backsliding. And that's why some people get a shock. Aye, it can never be that the pastor did that. Yes. What makes you think that he's exempt from backsliding? What makes you think that he's exempt from coming to preach to you without having a prayer life? What makes you think that he can preach to you without having a proper study of the word? Yes, he can do that. I did that. I was sleeping around and I was preaching. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I was preaching. And the Lord would say, I know you, Alistair. I'm like, yo. I know where you were and I know what you did. I'd be like, yo. But I was coming and I was preaching and guess what's the name? the glory of God was flowing and I couldn't understand it wasn't to, to in a sense keep me in that situation it wasn't to keep me so that I can continue to sin that's what the Bible talks about the grace of God it's not so that we can continue in sin so I realized, I realized in that moment it was that God was not truly and this is what I try and, try and get into your, try and get into your head that your life what God is doing in you and the purpose of God revealed in you, when you don't walk in it, you fail a generation. You, you might fail yourself and that's okay. But when God saved you, when God took you out of drugs, when God set you free from wrong things, you think God just had you in mind? Absolutely not. You are deceived to think that it is just about you. You are deceived to think that your salvation is just about you. I know that it might be like a massive responsibility or a load that I'm telling you right now. But when God saved you, he had the many other people in mind through your salvation. Oh yes, I'm telling you, he did. He did. It wasn't just about Jesus being born. God saw a world that would be saved. We saw Jesus, but we, we never see ourselves there. You understand what I'm trying to say? It's because God, when he, when he looks at it, he sees something else. He sees something else. So when I was there and I was preaching, and the Lord said, my power will still come. It will still come. Not because of you, but because of those people. Oh. Show me your hand if you've ever, while a sinner, while you know that you are in sin, preached and the glory came. Okay, yes. Come, Bella, come tell us. Come get a mic, come, Bella, come tell us. You picked up your hands, so, um, you know, tonight is the night of calling. Come quickly, Bella. Come quickly. So you, you would find out that while you are in sin, it's that. God is not, yes, the sin is a problem. It's going to affect your life. It's going to affect you tremendously. But God is so much concerned about the people that are following you. That's why you would, you would ask yourself the question, even me, myself, when I look at all these pastors doing, sleeping with their secretaries, sleeping with young children and stuff, why doesn't the fire of God, because God can do it. God can do it, am I right, Pastor Ramon? God can, fire can come and he can kill them. And he can take them out. And I always question myself, why? Why God doesn't do it? This person is wicked. And your wickedness is seen. And we know it. But it seems like, it's like no one's doing nothing about the situation. 
And then what we do, we play God in the situation. We, we try and play God and, and we pass judgment and we, we, whatever the case, we're thinking that the person, maybe it will stop or somebody will be saved. But unfortunately, the, person, the person's popularity, do you know that uh, workers of iniquity, we cause your popularity to be even greater? Yes, because people now are curious. Who is this person that you are talking about? Stephen Furtick, a false teacher. I want to go listen to Stephen Furtick. And you go listen to Stephen Furtick. And guess what? In that moment, he speaks a word that blesses you. And you, you, you say in your mind, like, ah, this can't be true. He's not a false teacher. You understand what I'm trying to say, right? Why? Because why doesn't God deal with them? Why doesn't God show himself up in their lives? Why? I realized when I was in a state of sin, Thursday afternoon I'm sleeping with my girlfriend. Thursday night I'm preaching. Why doesn't God deal with me? I'm, I'm asking the Lord. I'm asking him like, let fire come down, God. Deal with my, deal with the situation. At least like, you know, say something in that situation. And in that day when I was praying, he says, that lady that is broken, I'm dealing for her. That boy that wanted to commit suicide, I'm dealing for her. I'm dealing for her. So I of this testimony that yes, we don't continue in sin, but God gives us a grace period where we can come back in repentance and we can turn our story around. Because if grace was not available, You know that thing, drop the mic? You drop the mic right now. None of us will be able to stand if grace was not available. You'll be backslidden and you'll stay backslidden. But because grace is available, there's an opportunity for you to come back. You see, there's an opportunity. No matter how far you think someone is, there's an opportunity. As long as you got breath, as long as you are human, there's an opportunity for you to come back. I, 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 I listened to Benny Hinn when he, had, when he had fallen and he had, you know, with money and all that thing. For a long time he was doing it. For a long time he was deceiving people. He even says for a long time, but he says it stops today. What happened? There was an opportunity for that grace to be made available for him. And I've been listening to him and I've been watching and been watching his programs. And ever since then, the time that he repented, Leroy, because I know you listen, you listen to him sometimes, right? Ever since then, as he, when he repented, he has not did what he did it again. Where he came and says, for your healing, sow a $15 seed. One time I was watching, he says, if you would like to sow into the ministry, our banking details, but he never ever put a price on the healing, on the miracle from my testimony, from what I'm talking to you from what I know. Maybe you know a different story. So he never ever put a price on it again. And for me, that was God giving him an opportunity to repent. And that's what the grace of God is like. That no matter how far you have fallen, and even though you ripped me off, you ripped me off, everyone ripped me off. God's grace says there's room for you to repent. So you can come back to the Lord, do you know that? If you are backslider and you fall gone, you can come back to the Lord. No judgments on you. God's grace is made available for you. Helen, what happened to you? Just explain the situation and oh yes because they're ready to hear the situation put <laughs> put the mic close to your mouth so they can hear can you hear okay speak i mean i mean okay i mean you can hear me i just want to share something uh as forces preaching you know when we backslide and pastor asks us to do something like to come and preach a word or something, um, 
we find that we can't do words, or if we get asked to preach somewhere else, or to sing, or whatever uh, you do, you know, we find that we can't do words. We, uh, the enemy stops us from doing it. We feel that, hey, you know, we did wrong. We can't go out and do words. And yes, if you repent and you go and Come you do on, it, yes. how many lives will be will be saved? Mm. The enemy makes us feel so convicted, condemned, that, yeah. condemned that we we are afraid to go share because we worried about what we did yesterday or the day before. Amen. So I just want to encourage you all. You know, we all fall. We all fall, but. It's not about how you fall, it's about how you pick yourself oh, yes. up. It's easy to, to get to the top. It's, no, it's easy to come down, but it's hard to get back up to the top. I mean, so also, we must also watch ourselves and what we do and what we entertain. I mean, so that we don't find ourselves in the situation again. Like, um, I was in Bible college, and then I, what I used to do was to travel home and come. Uh, back to the side just to clean service and travel back to Peter Marisburg. But what I was doing, I was well, I was supposed to stay in Peter Marisburg. Mm. I decided to come back mm. here, and then I ended up in a fight um, in in Iron Street, you know, uh, arguments and stuff. And we we get so overwhelmed that we forget that you know we're supposed to be in the spirit. You know, the devil takes over us. So what happened? I felt so angry. I smoked a cigarette. Mm. <laughs> and then I went back to Bible college. Now I was feeling so, you know, dirty and stuff. You know, yeah. like, what's the use me still coming and learning the word of God and still reading, waking up, finding, you know, what's the use? Let me just stay and quit, you know, this Bible college. What is the use? You know, the devil makes us feel like we, we worthless, we, you know, when we sin. And yes, we are stronger and we are overcomers. And you know, even in that situation that you have backslided, God uses that situation for you to teach others. Uh, your situation will reach out to others. Amen. Mm. So I just want to encourage Tell you. Tell us preaching, huh? Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, please come take this. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. So. What am, I, what am I saying to you? I never even preached what I want to preach yet. So what am I saying to you is that there would be some time in your life because don't think you can never fall. You will fall, but there's grace available for you to rise up again, but never to stay in that situation for the rest of your life. And I'm telling you now as your pastor, nobody can judge you. Nobody can condemn you. That's not the job of anybody but Satan himself. Right? But you must understand something that even when you feel that condemnation, Bella, like you feel like you can't share, you can't minister, if you have already repented from it, condemnation should not come to you. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because condemnation is already condemning you to hell, condemning you to destruction, even though you have repented. That's condemnation. You understand? Conviction, however, is different. Conviction lets you understand that I need to come back to God. I feel convicted that I did this wrong, but I'm not staying in this wrong. Oh, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Condemnation will kill you. And it's not the job of anyone of us in this church to condemn anyone that is here. Nope, 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 nope. We present truth to you. We come and tell you, hey, my sister, I see that this thing here is really worrying you. This thing, you are falling for it each and every single time. Just know that we're praying for you. Just know that there's a way back to God. Just know that you can come. If it's somewhere you go, avoid going. If it's something you do, try and stop doing. If it's a place that you have in your house, try and destroy all those things just so that you can get closer to God. When I was in Bible college, I'll finish with this and we'll rise and pray. I was in Bible college because I really wanted to talk to you about bitterness and stuff. So I think that Sunday I'll share with you with regards to bitterness as well. So I remember... When I was in Bible college and the lecturer was teaching, 
And I think it was, um, I don't know if it was systematic theology or not. And when he was teaching, a sister spoke and she lifted up her hand and she says, uh, pastor, because the pastor was lecturing, I find myself going to his house all the time. I don't want to go to his house. And when I go to his house, I sin. The lecturer said, and she mentioned the sin, and the lecturer said to her, if you just love God, I want to show you something. If you just love God, and just wrap yourself in his love, it will go away. You, you, you feel like, you know, because you love God so much, that thing won't be a problem for you anymore. I'm all for loving God. You must know that. Last week I preached, you must be a lover of God. I'm all for loving God. I'm all for honoring God. I'm all for being in his presence. However, though, there must be an element of where you do something. Because if you, it's true that if you love God, you won't sin. There's a, there's, can you see how deceptive it is? That if you love God, truly you won't sin, and that's true. So what will happen to you is that your sin won't be an issue anymore. Why? Because you are a lover of God. Right? However, though, the advice should have been stay away from him and love God. You understand? Don't go to his house and love God. Put away the cigarettes and love God. <laughs> Stop going to the party house and love God. You understand? But if I just tell you to love God, even the worst of sinner will tell you that he loves God. When we evangelize on the streets, Brother Charles, they do, I love God. You can tell, I love God. God is in my heart. Because people don't understand what loving God truly is. Yeah. So we find out that we fall away. But it's the grace of God that will pull us back, Quentin. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. And he says, for us, I caught my voice, won't allow me to do that. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up. Fell down and got up. If there was no grace, no one can stand. I don't know how far you are. Maybe you stop reading your word. Maybe you stop praying. Maybe you stop seeking God. Maybe you even sinned now and there, every now and then. I'm telling you now, the fact that you are here means that God's grace is available for you to come back to Him. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in the situation that you are in. Grace is available. God's knocking on the door of your heart. And saying, I'll give you another chance. But you might say, Pastor, I've had another chance. Then he'll give you another chance again. So, Pastor, he gave me three chances. Don't worry, he still has another chance that he will give you again. But you, Pastor, I've made like 10 mistakes, Pastor. Don't worry, there's 11 chance for you as well. Because his grace is available to you. He will stick by you. Just remember him. Remember him in your pain. Remember him in your situation. And guess what? He said in his word that I will restore you. I will take whatever was taken from you through your backsliding. Because you know when you backslide, stuff gets taken away. Stuff gets taken away. It's your desire to pray gets taken away things get taken away from you. I'm not talking about material stuff. I'm talking about your spiritual life. It's like when you backslide, it's like you can't dream anymore. When you backslide, you don't see visions anymore. When you backslide, you can't hear names anymore. When you backslide, you can't pray like how you used to pray anymore. Stuff gets taken away from you. But he will restore you. 
He says, repent and go back and do the first thing. Now listen to this. The key is this. Jocelyn, he says, go back and do what you did in the beginning. He says, repent and go back and do what you, the first works that you did. Quentin, remember I was saying to me, do the first works. Do the first works. Do the first works. That same passion, that same fire. Just put your hand on your heart tonight. Father, I pray by your spirits as I pray now. That first love, Daddy, remind them, show them, reveal it to them how they need that. Show them that first love. Show them that first love right now. Show them that first love. Let that first love come to you. Let me just play some instrumental. Just let that first love come to you. Remember when you just got saved? Remember when you would dream? Remember when you would get visions? Very soft. Very soft. Remember when you would get visions? Remember when God would speak to you? Don't you miss hearing his voice? Don't you miss waking up in the morning and God rising you up on your feet to pray and you never decline? Don't you miss just spending time in your Bible reading and enjoying what you're reading? Do you remember the time when it was time for testimony? And you would always say, I got a grateful heart to the Lord. When it was time for to share the word, you would be there. Whenever there was church, you were there. Your first love. He says, remember your first love. He says, go back. Go back to that place where you were so desperate for my spirits. Go back to that place where nothing else mattered but me. Go back to that place where there was no boyfriend. Go back to that place where there was no wife. Go back to the place where there was no husband. Go back to the place where it was just me and you. Just me and you. And how you felt my presence. Do you remember, says the Lord? Do you remember how happy you were? Do you remember how full of joy you were? Do you remember the excitement that you had? Do you remember the peace that you had? Do you remember when you first heard my voice, how excited you were? You were telling everybody about me. Do you remember? Do you remember that time? Do you remember when you would be in a taxi and you would just want to worship? Do you remember that time? He says, I'm calling you back to that time. I'm touching your heart now to to cause you to remember that time. And he says, I'll restore you. I'll take away everything. Can somebody move this pulpit for me? I'll take away everything that hindered you now. All these things that are distractions in your life, I'll remove it from you. All these things that are slowing you down, I'll remove it from you. But I require one thing from you. I'll restore you, absolutely. I'll restore you. I'll bring new fire in your life. I'll bring new passion in your life. I'll even make you better than you were in the beginning. I promise you I'll do it, says the Lord. I'll pour more anointing on your life. But are you willing to repent and go back and do what you did in the beginning? If you are, I want you very quickly just to come run to the front right now. Play the music a bit louder. Say, God, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. Restore my life. The moment I lay my hands on you, you can, you can take your seat, okay? You can go back. But just come say, God, restore my life. Restore me. I'm willing to go back. I'm willing to go back. I'm willing to do it again, Lord.
I'm willing to do it again, Lord. I'm willing to do it again. I'm coming back to my first love. I repent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come and lift up your hands. Put more volume on the music. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm coming back. Not too loud. Not too loud. I'm coming back.